It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Hi, everyone. Joe Dolan here. Edwin Porras there. FantasyPoints.com podcast. It's week 11. It's Tuesday. It's time to wrap up some of the injuries of week 11 with a man who knows a lot about injuries. He knows a lot about injuries because he went to school to learn about them. He's a doctor of physical therapy. Edwin, how are you? It's good to talk to you. It's early in the morning. The morning does not agree with me, but I've gotten into this Tuesday routine and, well, I like to talk to you early in the morning about people getting banged up. That's yeah. that, that's just the way yes. it is. Absolutely. We love talking injuries, Joe, early in the morning. Um, I'm just glad that we don't, you know, have to go through another bad offensive performance today. Um, of course, Matthew Stafford trying to ram that down our throat last night. The bad offense. Wah, ha, 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 ha. Man, the weekly pun. You were <laughs> they're when getting harder come up with that harder one? to find. They're getting harder to find. Um I just make them up off the top of my head. This time, I got to say, it, t- it took a little longer. I was going to steal uh, NBC Sports Edge's um, Aaron Rodgers is immunized against good offense. I thought that was a good one, but I okay, I couldn't steal that one. Theory. That was a little obvious. Yeah, it was a little it was just low hanging. Yeah, I mean, like, see, the Ram thing, it's it's obvious, but it's so corny that like, <laughs> that's my style. man. that's what I do. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, though. That's my point. Okay, so fortunately, we don't have a ton to go over this week, but there are some big-time fantasy players who are going to miss some time, and let's start with Aaron Jones, because I think that was the most publicized injury, and I think he's had one before. This is an MCL sprain, but Edwin, it does not appear to be very serious. No, luckily it's not as serious as, as as it could have been, especially for a guy who... Uh, has this history of MCL sprains. He's sprained his left or right, I believe, twice and his left once. And so I remember early in his career, he did have these issues. Now, it could have gone either way. It could have been super severe because, you know, he's had them before. Or it went the other direction. He was actually slightly protected against them because he's rehabbed them from them so often. Um, And that's what it seems like happened, which is a good thing. Now, the MCL, the reason that this is a relevant injury is because it's highly vascularized, Joe. I don't know how much if you have your rankings of the body parts that you okay. prefer, yeah, that you're vascularized. Hold on. You always talk about how like Jones fractures <laughs> are probably we talked about this with Derrick Henry in the foot. It's problematic because it's hard to heal because there's not a lot of blood flow. Yes. Let me guess that what you're saying is the MCL has great blood flow, so it heals quickly. Yes, exactly. The flip side is these MFers, these injuries, because I've sustained one myself, they are, they're so painful. You wake up the next day and you literally feel like your entire leg on the inside of the leg is on fire. Um, it, it, it legitimately brought tears to my eyes. Now, I was just like a, like a 15 or 16 year old kid when I did it. Uh, and I'm soft, Joe. Admittedly, I'm just one of the softest dudes you'll ever meet. So I was like in tears the next morning when this happened. So the point of that of me saying that is it's a it's extremely painful injury. And so even if you functionally are able to go, any type of apprehension from the pain is going to limit you further. So what you typically see with these MCL sprains is when they're not grade twos, which is what we've seen with like Nick Chubb last year, with what, what we're seeing with Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. 
they'll take four or five weeks to really get their feet underneath them. This one for Aaron Jones sounds, especially, you know, considering that's Adam Schefter already reported this, it's going to be like a one or two, one to two week injury. I would say closer to two weeks. Yeah. And since the Packers have that buy, I would not be shocked if we don't see Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones after the buy, not necessarily because it's a super severe injury, but because Green Bay tends to be pretty conservative. And I mean, geez, we got the second coming of freaking Walter Payton on the field and AJ Dillon. So I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't see Aaron Jones after the buy. You know, I do remember, I, 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 I wish I could put a name to this anecdote, but I'm just remembering that even though MCL sprains, like you said, healing wise are much less severe than an ACL tear. I remember a, a, an NFL player saying a two week MCL injury was far more painful than a season ending ACL tear. Well, I, you could put it that way. You could put it that way because pain, I think what, what that would indicate to me and it would make sense is pain is the primary limiting factor. And if it's highly painful, it's a lot harder to want to get up and do your rehab and get through all the stuff that you need to do. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see uh, I could I, I could see where that would come from. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So it's a pain. It's a pain modulation thing at this point, more so than like a swelling disability type thing. Speaking of painful injuries, uh, Cordero Patterson, um, this actually almost slipped through the cracks on uh, on Sunday because, you know, the Falcons were getting blown out and. You know, it was just one of those things where the entire offense took a crap, quite frankly. And so everybody had bad numbers. I, I think it kind of slipped through the cracks that Cordero Patterson suffered what is apparently Edwin a high ankle sprain. And it looks like Cordero Patterson could miss some time here. We know high ankle sprains, especially for running backs, not exactly the easiest injury to get over. Yeah, I wish that uh, I had seen it on video. I went back and watched like his last few touches. And I just could not see anything. And then, of course, um, NFL game day and NFL and all their wisdom, they took away the the game. Pa- well, I guess they didn't really take it away, but it's usually not available now at this point until like three days after the game. So I couldn't see any other angles um, We're yeah, we're going to assume this was a high ankle type situation. Best case scenario, it's one of those that like Joe Mixon suffered earlier this year or Dalvin Cook suffered without well, being a little more severe even. So it's highly unlikely he's going to go on Thursday. Um, and his status is also in jeopardy for the following week. So this is something we're just going to have to play by ear when we don't have the video and we don't have full confirmation that this is actually what they're dealing with. But yeah, you're, this is finally going to be my uh, Mike Davis season for all those truthers out there. Joe, were you one of those Mike Davis truthers? Oh, I was a falser. No, I didn't draft okay. Mike Davis at all. Um, as a matter of fact, Wayne Gallman was getting run at the end of that game. So, I mean, I don't even know if the Falcons are Mike Davis truthers. Doesn't Wayne Gallman sound like one of those guys that you take your taxes to? Like after the IRS does like an audit, random audit, quote unquote, <laughs> random audit, if you're me, an audit. And then you're like, oh, man, I got to find somebody to help me get through this audit. And like, you Google and you find Wayne Gallman, LLC. Gallman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or the Gallman Foundation. That sounds like somewhere you'd go. Edwin, Wayne Gallman, maybe you'll be playing with him on Monkey Knife Fight this week. It's the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. And it offers a unique style of player props. One of the things we really love about MKF is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire some other sites the third biggest operator in dfs offers all the major sports plus ufc golf esports soccer and constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users case in point it's fall 
of 2021. College football arrived. And we've heard rumblings of bowling, tennis, and fishing. Pick a sport. Select a game matchup. Pick your fantasy contest. They've got more or less rapid fire stat shootout. Then you choose your buy-in. And new users can use code FANTASYPTS to claim an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. Let me let me lay that out for you. You use the code FANTASYPTS. You deposit $100. You get $100 on top of the $100. That makes $200. And if you're a new user, you also receive a free $5 just for signing up. That makes $205 on $100. That's good. Head to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. We only really have two more injuries to get to, and this is one we didn't talk about last week, but I I guess it popped up um, uh, early in the week or popped up on Sunday, and he missed the game. Speaking of painful injuries, Edwin, Chase Claypool has turf toe, and let, let, let me use the technical term here. Turf toe is a bitch. Yes, exactly. Medical medical jargon there. Good medical jargon used by you, Joe. So turf toe, when I watched this injury initially, I thought it was a foot issue. Um, they have very similar mechanisms of injury where the foot is essentially raised up uh, in that it's called the plantar flexed position up on their tippy toes, and then they sort of get uh, drugged downward. So there's an axile compression. Um, and it ended up being a toe issue. Now, the thing with toe issues, Joe, is that the big toe, believe it or not, is really bears a lot of weight through your body, especially for an athlete. You really need to be able to push off your big toe. And when you have this turf toe issue and you hyperextend the joint backwards, that's really difficult to do. And it's really painful. Turf toe is sort of a nebulous um, injury because the data is all over the place. Sometimes surgery helps, sometimes doesn't. Sometimes conservative management helps, sometimes it doesn't. I think of Devonte Adams in terms of like a middle case scenario of this of this type of injury from 2019, where he was out. I think four. It ended up being four weeks or something like that. It ended up being about a month. Um, and then you think of last year, for example, who Randall Cobb, who he was out at least three weeks, if I remember correctly. Zach Moss, a running back, of course, 29 days. Philip Lindsay, 34 days. And then you also had Steven Sims Jr. last year, who was out 49 days with this injury. And then there's a study done <clears throat> that looked at this turf, these turf toes uh, in NFL athletes specifically. The median was 28 days. So basically half of people were returned before 28 days, the other half after 28 days. If we're going to hunker down and really plan conservatively for the future, uh, then we're going to we're going to assume this is going to be a three to four week injury for Chase Claypool. And we're going to hope that it's a lot more minor than that. But also remember, Ian Rappaport did say that the Steelers were actually concerned it was going to be season ending before they took the MRI. So that's significant in and of itself, showing us that the potential severity of this turf toe. But I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully this is all just fodder. And then we, you know, in a, in a few hours, we see Chase Claypool's limited in practice or something. All right. One more Dallas Goddard concussion. Um, Pretty cut and dry. I mean, I uh, well, I mean, in terms of what we talk about, there is no way to tell based on the severity of the hit how serious the concussion is, how long it's going to take Goddard uh, to clear concussion protocol. There was a helmet-to-helmet hit that wasn't flagged because, of course, Edwin, you can't flag helmet-to-helmet hits. You have to watch to make sure teams don't taunt. That's what that's what you got to yes. keep your focus on. Uh, so, no, you can't focus on the helmet-to-helmet hits. But Dallas Goddard has a concussion. This is his first documented in-game concussion, 
You might remember last year he got sucker punched. Some dickhead sucker punched him <laughs> at a bar. Um, yeah, because, of course, you don't want to mess with a guy who's like 6'5 and 260 <laughs> pounds without, uh, you know, coming up behind him and blindsiding him. But, uh, Is- yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. But Dallas Goddard has a concussion on the uh, on the helmet to helmet hit. Nick Sirianni just said on a, a on a radio spot um, that he hopes to have Goddard this week. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Nick Sirianni can um, give us any insight, but maybe the team doctors have said, "Hey, it's looking good for him." I I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, it's again we we talk about this, and I can again rattle off the numbers. First time concussions average missed time is point eight six games. Second time concussion, it's a little over one. Uh, the mode is zero when it's first time concussion. Uh, after that, it's it's one again. So it really just depends. And we know that after two years, these concussions start to diminish in their after effect a little bit. Um, that's what some of the data shows. But for yeah, you're just we're just going to have to hold on. We're going to have to see what got Dallas Goddard's practice status is, how he's uh, progressing through the concussion protocol and hope that he's able to go next week but it is not a guarantee because this is technically his second concussion joe i also wonder remember when when that guy was when that guy allegedly last year picked a fight with aaron donald in a bar too like who are these guys (laughs) who who are these 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 men fend off other 250 300 plus pound men for a living and the, and these people are coming up to them in bars and thinking I'm gonna pick a fight with this person, even if you don't know that's what they do. They're they're a mountain of men. They're mountains of men compared to you and I, like the average Joe. Like what what is going on with this? To be fair to the gentleman in question with Dallas Goddard, he didn't pick a fight with him. He blindsided him and sucker punched him. That's fair. That I, you know what that is probably more representative of who that guy is. Yeah, <laughs> but, but anyway, Dallas Goddard uh, looks like he has a chance to play this week for Philadelphia. All of a sudden, looking a little frisky out there, Edwin. Uh, uh, after uh, playing well for a couple of weeks here. All right, Edwin. This was a, a relatively light week. Let's hope that continues. You can follow him on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. Go to FantasyPoints.com. The price is already massively discounted. Why? Because we're in week 11 of the NFL season. But we still have the rest of the season to go. We got DFS. We've got betting. We're going to have a college football bowl betting package. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Uh, And you can use code 21PORUS10 to get 10% off on the rest of the season at FantasyPoints.com. Edwin, thanks so much. Go take care of your patients, my friend. Thanks, Joe. All right. Ben Kukanis with a word from our sponsors, and then Brawley on the other side. Thank you very much, Ben, and now it's time to talk the waiver wire. As Tom Brawley told me off air, Tom, you said it is the worst waiver wire imaginable. Um, And I think that coincides with the fact that the injury segment with Edwin was about as short as it gets, uh, as short as we've had all season. And Tom, the major injury that we've had, he's Tom Brawley, by the way. At Tom yes. Raleigh, hold on, hold on, hold on. The major injury that we had, Aaron Jones, coincides with a backup running back who's already rostered in most leagues and A.J. Dillon. So, I mean, obviously you're going to get A.J. Dillon if, if he's out there because you're probably going to use him, as Edwin said, probably the next two weeks. But, I mean, that's a guy who's not even available in most leagues. Yeah, and uh, we had the concussion scare with Daryl Henderson last night. So, I guess this is a good time to remind people, like, maybe they're, you know, if you can't get Ramondre Stevenson, we'll touch on him. He's kind of the big guy this week. And then it's a bunch of other just bench pieces out there that maybe they'll crack your lineup. I don't, <clears throat> who knows. But uh, now's a good time to remind you, like, we're heading into week 11. We're, you know, we do have an extra week this season, but uh, we're starting to get down to 
uh, you know, crunch time. Maybe it's time to start using those bench pieces, those last guys on the bench for, you know, high-end handcuffs. Like, not even your handcuffs, but other teams' handcuffs, like Sony Michelle, uh, AJ Dillon. You know, if any of these guys are out there right now. So, uh, you know, th- we are going through bye weeks, so sometimes these guys are the guys that get uh, chopped off. But, uh, you know, how- any of those high-end type of handcuff guys, if they've been – uh, dropped on your waiver wire here. You know, we might see Sony Michelle dropped on your waiver wire this week. Uh, you know, with the Rams going on by, so uh, now is the time to go pick up those types yeah. because if they get those jobs, those guys are uh, you know have the potential to jump right into your lineup and be like uh, you know high end RB twos, maybe maybe even RB ones. So uh, you know, some of these weeks where there's nothing really to add off the waiver wire, go look for those guys. Yeah. Um, so by the way, let, let me just throw this out there. Not, not like an, I told you so kind of moment, but I always tell people like your fab budgets there to spend it. And you know, I'm not saying like you go out and you spend it all in week one, but Tom, the funny part is who has been the best fab, the fab ad of the year, Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell and he was or, like, I think Patterson one. was. I would go Cordero. Oh, okay, was, Patterson. We'll get into oh, yeah, his yeah. situation here, but you know they're very close. Uh, Patterson, I would have uh, would have above Mitchell, but yeah, both guys were. That was week one, week two for both of those guys. Go out. Yeah. And now, the thing about Patterson was, I don't think anybody spent nearly as much on him. No, you're you're right. As you did on Mitchell. That one was but... like, whoa, is this a real thing? And then you yeah. know, as it went along, it was like, oh yeah, this is a real thing. Yeah, so um, obviously, yeah, Patterson was the best waiver wire pickup, but Mitchell was the guy people spent their fab on, and we're sitting here on in Tuesday, November 16th. This is week 11. You, I mean, a lot of you know already if you're going to make the playoffs or not, or if you have a shot to make the playoffs. And Elijah Mitchell, 10 weeks ago, was already the, like, the he was the guy who was worth the fab that you spent on him. Like, I mean, yeah. that, he was the guy. And tied it back to my conversation, now's maybe the time to go out and get Jeff Wilson in case yeah. he, you know, breaks down a little bit. He is a rookie uh, uh, six-round pick, so he just, I mean, Jesus, how many carries did he have last night? 25-plus carries in that game? So, yeah, to, to connect these conversations, yeah, use that fab early in the year and uh, this time of year, you know, back up guys that have valuable positions. Yeah, 27 carries for 91 yards. I mean, I know it wasn't a great fantasy performance, but obviously he's the guy. Jeff Wilson had 10 carries. They ran the ball oh, I know. four they, times well, in that game. That, that drive in the uh, Washington-Tampa game, I think uh, I was reading something yesterday that that was the longest drive since like 2016 or 2018. And then I think the 49ers topped them the next night with that 11-minute drive that, you know, coming off that Odell Beckham. That I'm, look, I'm looking at the to stats of this like game. Nine, I'm I'm looking at the stats, Tom, and like yeah. Mitchell having 27 carries, I didn't realize that while I was watching the game, and Cup having 11 catches, I didn't realize while watching the game either. No, but yeah, you think about it, like who else did anything in that game besides, yeah, you know, maybe George Kittle, uh, he had a pretty good game, but, uh, oh, jeez, Debo Samuel, I don't know what Oh, Debo, uh, obviously. Our, our boy, obviously. Debo, so yeah, uh, that was a, a bizarre type of game there last night, uh, uh, the Rams have some real issues here, but uh yeah, let's uh, let's. You want you ready to jump into this uh, waiver yeah. wire here? As as uh, depressing as it is. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the guy who probably is the best pickup. But I can just see this becoming annoying. But he looked great in in uh, week ten, and that would be Ramondre Stevenson of of the Patriots. Yeah, and um, we had you know each team is required. They don't technically practice on Mondays with these Thursday night games, but 
Uh, you know, Damian Harris was listed as a DNP, uh, would not have participated. So that kind of tells you that he's not quite over his concussion. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, that can change real quick here too if he gets like a a limited practice in here Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, <clears throat> he's quickly heading towards missing another game here since they have that quick turnaround on Thursday night. So uh, Stevenson, you know, that was a you know, that's the thing about these Patriots backfields. They they do produce you know viable, uh, you know, options uh, over the, you know, last 10, 20 years with Tom Brady there and now with uh, Mac Jones at quarterback. But, uh, you know, it's usually not concentrated like this. You know, Stevenson had 20 carries and four catches, and uh, we don't typically see that kind of workload out of a, a Patriots back. So uh, he's he's right now, it's he's, you know, he's ticketed for another chance to be the guy this week. And I think he's playing well enough that, you know, I think Harris kind of takes back the top runner role, but, you know, they're going to be a 1A, 1B, I think, going forward here. Uh, maybe Stevenson starts to boot Bolden out of that some of the passing game work because uh, Stevenson has shown pretty good hands dating back to the preseason. And I remember Ivan Fears, their running backs, running backs coach uh, this summer, praising him, uh, you know, for his ability as a receiver here. So uh, there, there's room for both of these guys to, to be, you know, you know, mid RB twos, low end RB twos here going forward here as the one A one B in this backfield. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, let's uh, talk. You mentioned um, Wayne Gallman uh, for Atlanta. Yeah. Cordero Patterson misses some time. Gallman was getting some run there, man. In the uh, in the sec in the second half, half yeah. and maybe they're just done with uh, uh, Mike Davis. Yeah, I don't know about that. You know, that was such a Weird game. I, that yeah, was, was that was the Cowboys' like biggest lead since the seventies at halftime. There, uh, you know, they they didn't want to, but I mean, Cordero Patterson. You know, this is looking like a high ankle. I'm sure Edwin and you got you guys talked about that. Yes, we did. Um, you know, so there's there might be an IR stint in his future here. So you know, they don't. You know, it's not like they're pulling from like uh, such a great list of uh, skill players behind them. So. Uh, if they want to keep Wayne Gallman kind of involved here, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to duplicate uh, Cordero Patterson's role, but uh, kind of is the, maybe he'll be the cha- change of pace back here, passing back. Uh, you know, Mike Davis, you know, certainly hasn't been very good this season. We've been, uh, you know, listed Wayne Gallman as a, a stash type of guy for the last, you know, four to six weeks in our waiver wire article. And uh, now might be finally his time here. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I could see, you know, almost like a, a 60-40 slip, split between Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman, but uh, maybe Gallman will get some of that receiving production and, uh, you know, maybe he can carve. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I feel like, you know, throwing him into a lineup this week, uh, you know, based on just how little production has been coming from this backfield, but uh, certainly worth a stash here and uh, see if anything develops here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's about... Uh, I mean, those are the type of guys we're going after this week. You know, Deontay Foreman yeah. kind of took the the lead role in, in Tennessee, but it wasn't really like a lead role. It, you know, he's he's getting slightly more carries and snaps than uh, McNichols and Adrian Peterson at this point. So uh, they do have the Texans this week. So, you know, maybe if you're that in be true desperation mode, you got uh, uh, Henderson on by or... Uh, you know, you've been using one of the Denver backs uh, and you really need a guy, I guess, Deontay Foreman. Maybe you just pray that he uh, he fall, falls into the end zone from the one yard line and you, you get your uh, your your money, your fabs worth out of him. So uh, not, yeah. not a lot, not a ton of great options here to help your team right now. 
Tom, maybe you're like me in my 14-team league um, uh, at, at the quarterback position, and I want to get to some of these quarterbacks who uh, who potentially could help you out. But first, I want you to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes who have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props, you rack up the most points, you win. Easy. Thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 11 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks, including Tom, each week on the site. And new users can use the promo code FANTASYPOINTS, written out, one word, when you sign up and will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store or by visiting thrivefantasy.com. And tune into the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Tom, um, this is what happened to me in our 14-team Keeper League, and I, I was fortunate enough to win this week, uh, despite this, because there were some awful scores. Yes. I dropped Trevor Lawrence, defensible, okay? Yes, he hasn't been very good at all here recently. For Carson Wentz. Yes, Trevor Lawrence. I, I would make that move. Yeah, I agree with that. Trevor Lawrence did not throw for a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence did not run for a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence lost a fumble in that game. He still outscored Carson Wentz. So it was a I guess he had a lot of rushing yards then? (laughs) No, he had like 30. (laughs) That will do it, I guess. Jeez, I mean, unbelievable. But I'm looking for a quarterback now. And there's two I'm focusing on. I know we've got Trey Lance on the waiver wire, but after last night, yeah, Tom, it's farther away. Yep. The, the, the goal lines were pushed uh, a little farther away there. Yeah. So goal post. <laughs> here we go. There's two that I want to focus on. Justin Fields, who's been running a lot now, and well, lo and behold, he's running and he's playing better. And Cam Newton. He's back. Two guys who who might be able to fill in for you here. Yeah, uh, you know Fields. They they're coming off by, so you know he wasn't like a guy that was heavily picked up after that little comeback that they uh, that he led against the Steelers. There, uh, you know, coming off, you know, he's had his best fantasy performances two weeks in a row here. I, I mean, to the blind, you know, to the uh, to the you know the tape eye here, it still doesn't look great but he has become a little bit more aggressive throwing downfield he's he's starting to you know click a little bit with Cole Komet in the middle of the field Darnell Mooney is starting to make some plays downfield so and you're right he's starting to run a little bit here more which was always the key which was why we were drafting him and and like 150 picks into drafts last summer like just hoping that he could tap into that rushing upside and he's finally starting to do it here a little bit I, I would expect it to continue uh, you know, he has a pretty decent schedule here. I mean, Baltimore has been a little bit more shaky than uh, I think people realize. You know, they people now realize after watching Thursday Night Football, uh, you know, in Detroit, Arizona, and Green Bay. You know, not not a great schedule after the Detroit game, but at least the next two weeks he has a pretty viable uh, schedule to keep his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, momentum going here. So, yeah, he's certainly a guy I would be uh, picking up here uh, if you're struggling at the quarterback position. And, Cam Newton, uh, you know, he placed, you know, the first two plays uh, since getting back uh, with Carolina last week, 
uh, comes in, runs one in, and throws one to, uh, a touchdown to Robbie Anderson. So, um, you know, he's he's right back in the mix here. Uh, you know, we'll, you know, I, I'm going to keep my expectations a little bit in check here after watching him uh, play in New For England sure. last year. It was, you know, wasn't very pretty. Even even his last, you know, final year or two in Carolina had, weren't weren't that great. But uh, he does have much better weapons this time around with DJ Moore and uh, Christian McCaffrey compared to what he was playing with with the Patriots. So, uh, you know, there's some hope, and uh, you know, he's always, you know, we he saw. We saw it last weekend. You know, he he can finish at the goal line. Not, not it's not going to be great for Christian McCaffrey, but uh, you know he can run it in. He can throw it in. So you know he has that type of potential at the goal lines, which which makes him at least a little bit intriguing here. Yeah. So uh, Tom, the wide receiver waiver wire right now. No, it is apocalyptic. I mean, I don't even know. Like Jamal, yeah, Jamal Agnew. Yeah, Agnew's been it. interesting. You know, he's, uh, you know, still sub 10% owned. I think people don't want to believe it, but uh, LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones have been playing like utter crap. And, uh, you know, Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew have been very relevant here, and they've been kind of the the top two offensive weapons uh, outside of James Robinson the last, you know, handful of weeks, a lot over the last month or so. So uh, he's certainly uh, viable if you're you're looking for some kind of help. He's still widely available, so... I, I suspect that's going to change this week with uh, very, very few good options out here and like a guy like Cooper Cup and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton going on by this week. I mean, Tom, and, and let's just go to the tight end position where, again, there's not a lot out there. And I know there's some teams, Tom, I'm one of those guys, like I'm in a league, uh, the R14 team league that I just talked about where I'm loaded at running back and receiver, but everywhere else, I'm just trying to plug the holes. If I get six points, I'm thrilled. But I got to tell you, he's not available in our league. I don't know how Dan Arnold's available in 75% of leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's a weekly starter for me at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's – this is the last week. You're last, if you've been, you know, uh, you know, not avoiding picking him up for whatever reason, uh, that's your last chance. He's been – you know, he's been their top receiver here. Uh, and he's been up over double-digit uh, fantasy points in four of his last five games. So, he's kind of been the guy – that you know, Trevor Lawrence is really struggling right now, and you know, I just watching some of that game on Sunday. I mean, just no connection at all with Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones was open a couple different times, and uh, you know, just couldn't couldn't connect. And you know, Lavisca Chenault has been struggling to get open too. So uh, Dan Arnold is kind of the guy in this passing game right now. And um, you know, going a little deeper here, uh, we touched a little bit on Justin Fields. There, Cole Komet has been a guy. I you know, I'm not nearly as excited about him just because the nature of the the passing game but a guy that uh I think people were excited about at the beginning of the year and then you know he kind of was eased into the lineup then Russell Wilson got hurt and he got really quiet but uh Gerald Everett has now uh you know he has double digit fantasy points in three of the four games that he has with Russell Wilson so far this season so um you know he had the I think he was just starting to come on it was that week four Thursday night game, and you know he was starting to build some momentum, and then he got COVID right before the game. couldn't couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the two negative tests, and never played, and uh, he kind of fell off the radar a bit after that. But yeah. I think he could be a, a sneaky guy that could emerge. And I'm not saying he's going to be a tight end one, but uh, like a high end tight end one. But he could he could get into that low end tight end one, give you eight to twelve points every week, which is 
you know, better than a, a lot of other tight ends out there. So, you know, a little bit, little bit deeper there, a guy that might emerge here uh, in the second half of the season. Now, uh, Tom, one guy, I mean, if you're dying like me, guy who started to get some targets the last few weeks is Adam Troutman. Yeah, I, I think he's starting to play better. I, it, it's weird, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit. We we talk every Monday morning about all the, go through all the games, but uh, I've had to add a bunch of Saints receivers to the waiver wire here in the last, like, week or two. Uh, oddly enough, the Trevor Simeon has kind of given these passing targets some life, and I'm not saying that they're, you know, must-starts or anything like that, but, uh, you know, guys like Deontay Harris and uh, Trey Quan Smith, Marquez Callaway, and Adam Troutman at the tight end position are st- starting to see enough targets and starting to get enough yardage and score some touchdowns that they're on the, the radar. And, you know, we don't know how – I mean, I hope Alvin Kamara is back soon, but we don't know how long he's going to be out here. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a committee that kind of picks up the slack while he's out of the lineup here. So uh, Troutman has, you know, seen six-plus targets in three of his, you know, his last three games. So he's starting to trend upward. He was a guy that, you know, a lot of us were excited about in the summer and then – Jawan Johnson kind of came out and scored the two touchdowns in the in the season, you know, the season opener there. So, uh, but now he's starting to emerge here. Maybe he can make a little bit of noise down the the backstretch of that backstretch of the season here. He's Tom Brawley. I'm Joe Dolan at Tom Brawley on Twitter at fg underscore Dolan on Twitter. Follow the site on Twitter at Fantasy PTS. It's been great talking to you. Use the code 21brawley10 at fantasypoints.com to get access to the full waiver wire article, help you get over the finish line. Guys, we're in week 11. Fantasy playoffs are starting soon. Um, Tom, I I think like uh, probably some of the earlier ones will start in week 14, but I think mostly week 15. But Tom, that is like three, four weeks away. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're here, baby. I've noticed I mean, it in all my legs, man. There's so many teams that are four and six, five and five. So, you know, it's, it's real jumbled right now. Get that extra week to maybe uh, make a little bit extra of a playoff push here. But, uh, yeah, we're getting into nut-cutting time here right now. All right. So, for Tom Brawley, I'm Joe Dolan. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.